If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is a business culture expert. Julianne Sullivan is your catalyst of culture. Her diverse background gives her a unique perspective as a business culture expert. She earned a BA in psychology and an MBA in accounting, earning the designation of CPA. Julianne is a professional member of the National Speakers Association, C-Suite Network Advisor, and a proud member of the Shiram Blog Squad. Julianne is the host of the Mere Mortals Unite and Businesses That Care podcast. She's a winner of the 219 Top Global Employee Engagement Influence Award. Her newest book is entitled Catalysts of Culture, How Visionary Leaders Activate the Employer Experience. She works with companies to catapult their business from the inside out. From Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Julianne, what a pleasure it is to welcome an NSA colleague to the show. So thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor. Thank you so much, Susan. I'm thrilled to be here. You're a maven at podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) You've got two. I've only got one. So that makes you the bigger expert. Well, actually, if it makes you feel any better, I only have one now. I just had two titles. It started out as one and it morphed into another. So we're on the same rank here. Excellent. Well, I know that in one of your podcasts, the Mere Mortals Unite, you talk to your guests about their superpowers. You said that everyone has one but it may be lost or given away, or you never even knew you had it. Talk to us about superpowers. I love that idea of having a superpower. I'm not even sure what mine is, but talk to (laughs) us about them. Yeah, when I started my podcast, it was Mere Mortals Unite, and I came up with that moniker or name because you know, most of us are mere mortals, right? We didn't climb Kilimanjaro, with one leg. We haven't survived a terminal disease. And I think people who have gone through those experiences are incredibly inspiring. In fact, when I see people like that, I think, wow, if that ever happened to me, I couldn't really whine because look what they did. But for most of us, we're just regular human beings living through all the trials and tribulations of life. And I think that we negate a lot of the power that we have. We either don't know we have these powers or we used to have them, but we don't anymore. So the idea was to bring on people who could talk about their superpower. And it had to be a superpower that everyone 
could have. And they had to give us steps in which the rest of us mere mortals would be able to enhance these superpowers in our lives. The superpowers ran a gamut from laughter to listening to connections to attitudes to curiosity, adventure, how to give compliments, how to network all over the board, how to ask for help. In one of the podcasts, one of the ladies talked about how to say no, which is really difficult for many of us. It was really great to have these people come on and do this with the idea that people were really relating on the other end and going, oh yeah, I could use more of that. How can I have a better, higher level view of life so that I can get a bigger picture and make better decisions? How can I have more patience? How can I see a broader perspective of life? It was a great way to to break into podcasting. I love that idea because you're absolutely right. Those are things that we can learn to do. And some of us do some of these things better than others. I mean, it's taken me a long time to learn how to say no, an even longer time to learn how to ask for help. I could definitely learn from people who have that superpower and are able to do that so much more easily. So let me ask you, what's your superpower? My superpower is positivity. Most of the time, I can find the silver lining in anything. They say I came out of the womb a positive human being, but my friends who've known me for a long time, I've actually done a couple of podcast interviews myself strictly on positivity. It's a great Mm. one to have. As another mere mortal, how could I learn to be more positive? It's all in the pre-work. That's what I keep telling people. When you get in a hole in life, it's really hard to be positive unless you've done pre-work. And what I mean about pre-work is if you could see my house right now, I probably have a hundred items on the wall or figurines, writings on the wall, signs up that all are positive. Therefore, they become a part of my day every day. I keep my inbox and my email full of positivity quotes that come to me every day. Sometimes I get sick of one and then I sign up for another. The fact that I'm a certified laughter leader and trainer, and that keeps me in positivity as well. But it's the pre-work. It's just like I've become a real gratitude freak. And I told somebody the other day, it's really bothersome to have so much gratitude because I can hardly have a pity party anymore. It's really irritating. (laughs) That's just making me laugh. The whole idea of how can you have too much gratitude? Yeah, well, you can't have a pity party. You know, you try to, to have a pity party and then you think of how much you have in your life and nothing's really that bad in comparison to, right? If you remember what other people are going through with their life. So positivity absolutely has to do with pre-work and working on seeing situations differently. Even big things that happen to you. I had a friend of mine whose mother just died. A tragic happening in her life. The silver lining, she must have had a massive stroke or something. You know, they just found her in the morning and she was gone. 
there is a positivity in there for her and for the family. And I know this because I lost a parent fast and I lost a parent over a year and a half suffering. And my mom used to have a great saying, and she always used to say, there's a price to pay for everything. There's always positive in everything. And there's always a hardship in everything. And it just depends upon where you want to put your balance. I think that word balance is very important, Julianne, because you're right. I mean, yes, everything's positive, but there are things that happen and some things are worse than others in our lives. But to have that perspective of bringing it back to balance, and as you say, either being able to laugh at it or being grateful for what you have versus, let's say, other people who are worse off than yourself is well worth keeping in mind. Even where you've come from, if even if you're not comparing your life to someone else's. And believe me, I have pity parties. I feel sorry for myself. I just don't stay there very long. And I think this is really important for entrepreneurs and especially solopreneurs, because as you know, Susan, that life is a roller coaster. We get the best job. We have no jobs. We write a paragraph and we think, wow, this is the best article I ever wrote. And then the next day you have writer's block. I think that's what being a solopreneur is all about. It is a roller coaster ride. I don't really think there's a balance. It's just being able to hold on through the ups and downs. And that's what life's like. And as entrepreneurs, any entrepreneur you talk to is not going to say, oh, it was all beautiful from day one. That's so true. And I know just even the loneliness. I mean, if you are a solopreneur, you're working by yourself. And sometimes it gets pretty lonely here, you know, when it's just you. I'm thrilled to know that you also do have pity parties. Yes, I do. (laughs) I do too, but I only allow myself a few hours or one day max. And then I'm like, okay, it's enough already, Susan, get on with it. (laughs) I always ask myself, how's this serving me now? That's a very good question to ask. And Talking about questions, I know that you've got a couple of really dynamite questions that you were talking to me before the show about, uh, you know, share those with us about the best use of our time. Yeah, so I was talking to Susan about two questions that I ask myself constantly. And I also want to preface this by saying I learned these questions from a man named James Malinchak. And one year, as I do every year, I put up a great big, two big signs in my office. And I do this every year where I have some enormous goal and it takes me about a year before it becomes a part of my being. And these two questions one year was, first of all, does this decision need to be made today? Because I don't think any of us have any problems bringing stress into our lives, especially as a solopreneur. Very easy to do. I keep reminding myself, does this decision need to be made today? More times than not, the answer to that question is, is, well, not really today. And then I can 
alleviate that stress. And then the other question I constantly ask myself as I get lost on LinkedIn or Facebook or even my email, is this the best use of my time? And it's a good check to have on yourself. And for those of you who aren't very good at that, my suggestion is to take a bright colored sticky note and put it right on your monitor that you're looking at on your computer. And it should say, is this the best use of my time? If you do that and leave it there for 30 days, it will make a difference in your life. I guarantee it. I love the idea of not making any big decisions just like that. I just recently had a medical procedure and they gave me a local anesthetic. And then they said, you know, don't make any big decisions for 24 hours after this. And I was like, yeah, you could incorporate that. Don't make any big decisions without thinking about them for at least 24 hours. Yeah, you should never make big decisions without thinking about them for at least a day. Unless it's a tiger's running towards you, should you move? You know, that you can't think about for a day. <laughs> Very much so. But I don't think that's going to happen on too regular a basis. So. Yeah, it hasn't happened to me yet. So we're good. I know that one of the things, and I'm jumping a little bit around because I know you work with a lot of companies with regard to their business culture. And I'm looking at how could we take some of those ideas that you use with larger companies and translate it to the solopreneur, the entrepreneur that we have listening to the show. And one of them is how to build customer loyalty for repeat business and referrals. Talk to us about that, Julianne. Well, the best way to get repeat business from current customers is to not always be selling them. It was interesting. I just did a presentation in Florida, and it was the first time I didn't even ask people to sign up for my newsletter. I didn't ask them to do anything. I usually at least have a slide that gives them a way to sign up for the newsletter. I didn't do any of that. All I did was a giveaway. That was it. I didn't ask them to buy anything. I didn't ask them to sign up for anything. Nothing. I got more reaction from that crowd than I've ever gotten before. I really think that sometimes we forget and we concentrate a little bit too much on what can I do further as opposed to let me build this rapport with you now so that you want to move further with me. Sure, there's a way at some point to talk about other services that you might have for people, but we're really in the giving business. I don't mean to give it away for free, but once you're being paid for a program or a training session, your mode should be into, I want to give you as much as I can in this limited time that I have. I love the idea of reminding ourselves that we are in the giving business. And I think so many of us in coaching, consulting, and in training we want to help people. We want to help people succeed. 
And that's all part of this giving. So reminding us that we are in a giving business. I love that. Which also means that if you're in the giving business, you got to listen a lot because you don't want to give people just what you want to give. You need to give them what they need. Yes, but you've got to know what they need. And in order to do that, as you rightly say, we have to listen to them. Absolutely. And ask the right questions, right? Mm. I do that when I'm doing coaching with people. I'm doing leadership or executive coaching. I don't ask the same questions every time I speak to someone, nor different people, because different people are in different stages. They have different needs and they change from month to month. So we may be talking about one thing in one session and that morphs into something else in the next session. If I went into my coaching sessions with, well, I know what you need and this is what we're going to do, I wouldn't be a very good coach. Sometimes I work with people who try and fit people into certain categories. And it's like they say, trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. And these people are like, that doesn't work for me. And they're at a loss where to go because they feel as if maybe they're wrong and they should try to be doing something that either doesn't come naturally or doesn't seem to feel as if it's the right thing to do. There are different ways of doing this business. <laughs> yeah. I remember at National Speakers Association when I first joined, and that's 30 plus years ago, and there seemed to be just one model or people right. thought there was one model of doing this business. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable doing that model. It's only now that people suddenly realize, well, there are multiple ways of doing this business and you can be successful at any one of them. Right. You have to find what fits for you. That's why people who say, I've got the way and it's the best way and it's the only way, don't listen to anyone else. Like, don't ever listen to those people. (laughs) That's my advice. The ones who say, here's my idea. If it fits for you, great. You just have to see who you are and what works for you. And I always suggest to people whenever they're doing coaching, do I like the person's personality? If you don't like a person's personality, that doesn't mean you don't like them, right? It's just not a personality that you would be best friends with. I don't think that's a person who should be your coach. Just like I think anytime you have a relationship with a doctor or your chiropractor or your coach, any of those long-term relationships, I felt that way with the receptionist when my son had braces. You know, I realized I'm going to have a long-term relationship with this person at the front desk because I'm going to be going there for years. If you have a problem with that, it's not going to work as well as it could. Absolutely. And the same goes with, I want to know that the people that I'm working with want to work with me and are going to do the work because I tell them that I'm going to hold your hand, but I'm not going to do it for you. This is a done with you service that I offer them, not a done for you service. If they understand that, the expectation isn't that I'm going to do it for them, because if that's the case, 
then they need to go you're not a good fit right i'm not a good fit exactly and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or they're a bad person it's just not a good fit some people i asked a coach once who had group coaching and i sat down with them once and said what if I want you one-on-one to hold my hand for three months? First of all, would you do it? And second of all, what would it cost? Because I was just curious. What would it be if this person really held my hand? Because that's the kind of person I am usually. And, you know, he told me. And it was good to know that. I didn't move forward on it, but I didn't think his price was crazy. I just didn't want to spend that money at the time. But sometimes you have to ask people for what you want. Some people will do it. Some won't because it's a lot of work for them too. And they don't have the time to fit that in their schedule. But you and I, we may do different kinds of coaching, but we understand when a person has some skin in the game. And even when someone's holding your hand along the way, (laughs) you still have to have skin in the game. Nobody's going to do anything for you. In the long run, you still have to do it for yourself. Absolutely. And I mean, I want people who are willing to work and, as you rightly say, put some skin in the game. Well, otherwise, when you leave, nothing happens. They haven't really learned anything. It's that whole concept of teaching them how to fish and not doing the fishing for them. Right. Julianne, what about mistakes that you see solopreneurs, entrepreneurs make? First of all, I want to say a colleague of both of ours, Nito Cobain, had a great way of using the word mistakes and changing it to mistakes so that we don't beat ourselves up that we did something bad. Everything can be a learning experience and then it's not a negative anymore. At least that's how I look at it. I think some of the errors of our ways, if you will, or areas that we can all work on more is to give things time and have patience. If you're impatient, you're going to be very, very frustrated. The other thing, we, I was just talking to somebody about this. You know, everybody says you got to put money in to get money out, but I'm going to say you don't have to put yourself in debt to do that. I've known, and you've probably known a lot of people who've gotten themselves deep, deep in debt, trying to make it, and I did that in quotes, whatever that means to them. And sometimes people put out a lot of money without putting in the work also, and so it doesn't work, and that money is kind of wasted. So I think you really need to think through what you're going to spend your money on I haven't always spent it correctly, but I would say most of the time I have. And when I say I haven't spent it correctly, I know now that when I look at a program or a coach and I'm thinking of spending the money with them, I'm also thinking, do I have the time to do what is necessary in this program? Do I have the time to follow through on what my coach is going to tell me. And if the answer is no, no matter how much I want to do that, I don't do it because then I will have spent money and it will be a waste. I'm not really good at programs that are all videos for me to watch on my own. I never make the time to do that. I'm much better in a group or one-on-one. 
That's what works for me. And each of us needs to learn what works for you. Again, it all comes back to who you are. I have colleagues that I know, they are so organized and productive every day. I'm just in awe. You got to learn your own limitations, what you want to do, how much you want to work every day. Do you want to work four hours, eight hours, 12 hours? What impact is that going to have on the rest of your life? And find your own harmony. What's going to work? I just talked to a friend of mine and she said she's going to do art for a third of her life, speak for a third of her life, and have fun for a third of her life. We all need to make those decisions so that when we look at our day, we can say, okay, I had a little fun. I did some work. I made some calls. It was a good day. The whole idea of being in awe of people who are so productive And you and I probably have got certain people that we're thinking about who it just almost makes me ill thinking about what they can produce in the same time as I take to not produce. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and again, you know, you have to look at a whole person's life. I'm in awe of this particular person, but I'm not jealous. I could do that if I chose to. Again, I think it all comes back to knowing who you are. What makes you happy? It makes me happy to walk my dog at least two or three times a day. That is a part of a day I want. Now, that's several hours. I could be making phone calls. I could be writing blogs. I could be doing social media. There's a lot of things I could be doing related to my business in those couple of hours. But you know what? I wouldn't give that up for anything because that makes me a happy person. There is no right and wrong. If your listeners go away with nothing else, find out who you are. That's going to change a little bit and it's going to take you a while to figure it out. But don't beat yourself up because you're not like Sally or you're not like Hank because Sally and Hank are their own individuals. No two lives are the same. That's got to be your superpower as well. Add that to the list. (laughs) (laughs) Know thyself. Yeah, and it's taken a lot of work and it has changed over time. For many years, I was in a relationship for, I had a child at home. That changes your life. I traveled more. Now I'm writing more. It always changes. Life is, is fluid, so you better get used to it. Very much so. And I always think of the whole idea of water and how that flows Mm -hmm. and reminding myself that that's exactly how my life needs to be. It's just got to flow. And you're right. It changes all the time and you never know what's around the corner. Julianne, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and how they can learn more from you, how can they do that? If you Google Julianne Sullivan, that's J-U-L-I-E, and the second word is A-N-N, Sullivan, like it's always spelled, you can find me. I'd love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me know in your request to connect that you heard me on this show. And you can go to my website, which is juliannesullivan.com. My phone number is all over there. You can email me. You can call me. My podcasts are 
anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Just look up businesses that care. I'm happy to talk. I'm available for coaching. Any way I can help, I'd be happy to do that. You're in the giving business and in the helping business. (laughs) Excellent. And Julianne, if you were to leave our listeners with a golden nugget, what would that be? Be patient. I thought you were going to say simple solutions can create big results. (laughs) That's how I used to end my Mere Mortals Unite podcast. And that is so true also. It is. The littlest things, like I said, hanging that note on your monitor, that's a little thing. Huge results you'll get from that. But the idea of being patient is so important because... I get frustrated with myself sometimes. I'm like, oh my goodness, this should happen quicker. And patience is a virtue. There's yeah, a reason that's one I've been working on most of my life. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> Julianne, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparked some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to take action and finally build your book selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded, so visit bookmarketingmentors.com, and we'll see you again next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.